Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 91. Benjamin Yoder, here to talk to you today about a video game. Uh, if you're like, oh, where, where's your guest, Ben? Uh, Vink actually had to delay because it's a, it's a holiday on Monday in, in Japan, or as of recording, I think, right now. So uh, he actually couldn't, couldn't make it, but we'll, we'll try again next week or try sometime in the future, depending on, on when it'll work out. But... Um, but I, I looked around some news this week, didn't find a lot I wanted to talk about, and then I also haven't been playing much new. I've been pretty much putting time into Fatal Bullet, and I do have some stuff to say about that, but we can talk about that later. Um, I went down a, a bit of a weird hole this week, though, um, or I guess weird in terms of what m- most people would probably feel about it. I, it's pretty normal for the kind of holes I go down. Um, so if you're not familiar, uh, there's a... Final Fantasy VII uh, online shooter that came out in like mid-2005. It's a part of the Dirge of Cerberus uh, game. It was, and if you're you're not familiar, Dirge of Cerberus is basically part of an initiative initiative in about the mid-2000s where Square Enix wanted to flesh out the Final Fantasy VII world uh, and and basically make a bunch of side story projects. So eventually it made Advent Children uh, before Crisis. Uh, Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. Dirge of Cerberus probably is the most out of their um, their wheelhouse because it was a third person shooter that came out on the PlayStation Two, uh, featuring Vincent Valentine from from Final Fantasy VII. If you're not familiar, he's a dude with like a ro- red cape that wields a gun essentially. Um, and so, so they made this first-person shooter, and then in Japan specifically, uh, they also had an online mode uh, with with Dirge of Cerberus, um, and it didn't last very long. It, it went online in, uh, or I guess the official launch was like January of 2006, and then uh, it uh, went offline in September of 2006. So it was online for only about nine months. There was a beta period in 2015, um, but it basically uh was around for about a year at at, at best i think the, the i think the the beta period was actually september as well in 2015 so it was probably about a year that that game uh existed in some form um which i i had definitely knew about this at the time i think uh when whenever x played may have reviewed the game or something they they had mentioned that the the, the multiplayer was scrapped in the um the u.s version and so what you said instead of you got in the u.s version were basically extra missions based off the online missions to some extent there's a lot of changes and uh and uh a lot of differences um but i didn't really think too much about it otherwise i I guess when i was younger i just kind of assumed it was like a um typical you know fight you know other teams kind of multiplayer thing but and I I think for years I kind of kind of expected that. I recently, maybe in the last like three or four years, I did find out there was like some boss battles you could do, um, that you could have a bunch of people come in and, and basically fight a boss together. What I didn't really know was how expansive this multiplayer was. Um, it, it wasn't until this time around that I that I started going, um, deeper into it and found a pretty amazing resource. Let me see if I can find the name of it real quick. I probably should have had this prepared. Um on the livestream.net um and basically they have a huge archive of basically all the known to still exist um Dirge of Cerberus multiplayer content that still exists today um Dirge of Cerberus is kind of a, a a unique case where um it actually installed content onto the PlayStation 2 hard drive 
Um, so it's part of probably why it didn't come out here because there's so few titles that, that ha- use the hard drive in America. And I think in America, the only way to get the PlayStation 2 hard drive was if you had purchased Final Fantasy 11. So, or, you know, buy the hard drive used or something like that. So unless you own Final Fantasy 11 or something, uh, there's a good chance you'd have the hard drive here. And then, uh, by the time they were bringing the, the U.S. release out, um, they had already, uh, announced the cancellation of the servers for the multiplayer version. So, so it just didn't make a lot of sense for them to bring it over here. Um, but yeah, so Dirge of Res used the hard drive. And so some of that content that was added to the game kind of doesn't really exist anymore to some extent. Um, the, the reworked version of, of Dirge of Cerberus that released in America with all the, uh, multiplayer content kind of reworked released in August. So there was actually still some content that came out, um, in the time frame that that version would have been developed. So, um, basically people have been data mining the discs, but it seems like there's like three or four maps that might be missing that only probably existed on, on actual hard drives out there that, uh, people who are playing the game. And it sounds like at the time, based off what, you know, the, the, um, I already forgot the website name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the live stream uh, post said is that basically it's a player base of about 100 people at the time, uh, which was which is not very big at all uh, by the end of the server's lifespan. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting game because it's not just a online shooter that you hop into like a lobby and then or like a, like you would expect that like 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 at the time, if you played a Call of Duty or something, you'd essentially just like choose a a uh, game from a server list, and then you would join that game and you would be in it. Um, Dirge of Cerberus has a a more RPG style system to it. There's basically like a Fantasy Star Online style style lobby. Um, there's about seven servers, and and people could uh, walk around these lobbies, you know, get cutscenes, do do it looks like shopping, and talk to different NPCs, different story arcs in there. And then while you're in there, other players were running around this lobby system and everything and it looked like it was about uh four areas for that lobby and um it's it definitely looks um more limited than what you'd expect from you know something like an mmo or something like that you know final fantasy 11 was was running at that same time and there's actually a lot of things in this dirge of cerberus release that kind of is reminiscent of final fantasy 11 uh down to like how the text boxes look and then also i say the character models even look a lot like some of the the earlier final fantasy 11 models you, you saw uh before that game uh released but yeah, so it was much more of like a, a community kind of kind of system set up there. Um, there's a character creator, uh, which it seems pretty simple. It looks like you maybe had the choice between like maybe three to five different headpieces, and and then that was probably about it. Um, you could you could earn different like helmets and masks that you could put on your character, but the clothing seems to all be specific to uh, classes. So essentially, when you're playing online, you could select a class by depending on what uniform you are wearing. So you had a soldier uniform, sniper uniform a speed uniform magic user and armored uniform and they all have different like stat buffs and different amounts of hp values and different benefits like the the magic user outfit um reduce the the mp cost by half and if you're not familiar with like and this is true the single player for dirt to cerberus basically that whole game is based around um gun customization and and in that gun gun customization you can also like attach materia into those guns which basically allows you to cast magic from your gun so you could shoot fire blizzard um in the case of the online you could shoot uh you know cure um also like flash and things like that so so there's like this magic system that's built into the actual uh shooting mechanics of the game and so so you 
you had like this mix of classes you could choose from that all had like their different stats and stuff and they all had their unique outfits as well and those unit those outfits seem to be specific unique to um the individual genders as well for the most part um between you know male and female how much of that customization that exists from the single player um into the multiplayer it's kind of hard to say the hard part with third Cerberus is that it's not really the multiplayer mode was not very well preserved um, um basically if you go to livestream.net it's a lot of like scavenging what info people can get from screenshots uh, uh japanese blog posts and things like that and then uh you know, patch notes and things so they have a a pretty extensive uh history of of how the game was changed over time what features were added a list of missions but a lot of them are missing data uh it, down to like um, the screenshot system of the game basically wouldn't like take pictures of dialogue and things like that. It would basically blanket all the UI elements. So a lot of the character dialogue specific seems to be missing, but there still seems to be some preserved. Um, so it's a lot of people trying to figure out, you know, what what that game the game was based off off what is out there and what what a lot of very poorly recorded footage looks like. Um, it's actually kind of interesting if you if you start looking into the footage of the game, uh, it's pretty diverse in the type of content it has online. Uh, essentially, there is like more of a uh, the team battle stuff where basically you could do it looks like up to 10 versus 10 online and uh, you would sit there and you know run around and shoot each other for, for team deathmatch death match stuff but there's also a lot of co-op missions with a lot of like um, you know blowing up certain uh, points collecting certain materials you know uh, surviving wave based stuff. Um, and there was some more like team focused exercises, ones where like characters would spawn in different locations and they'd have to help each other by, you know, shooting the, the, like the specific example that one of the missions had was that there was like a, a arena that some people or some characters, uh, players spawned into, but then there's also like a area outside the arena that was relatively safe, but the arena was super deadly. So you had to have a lot of people outside the arena kind of shooting in to help the people that were getting chased by the big like monsters and stuff in, inside that that arena um and do and doing these missions essentially gave you promotions and and different like point values and things where you could unlock new missions there's also like individual um items and things that you could grab and it would basically unlock a mission so it has a lot of that like if you played a lot of early final fantasy 11 stuff it, it, it probably feels fairly similar where it's like oh you're going to get like this flower seed from a mission you're going to go plant it in this place and then you got to wait like three in-game days to wait to see if it pops out and gives you a reward it might give you junk it might give you something good um and then there's a lot of things where it's like oh here's a, you have to farm these tickets and every time you use a ticket to start this mission you have to to it expels that ticket from your inventory and you have to do you have to farm that ticket again to, to continue to do that mission so it's pretty expansive and they're they're doing it seemed like you know monthly content updates for the most part um it, if you look at the, the the patch notes and everything that were coming out they're adding consistently adding missions and things and you know there were there were a lot of you know stuff that was being pulled in from the main game you know there's a lot of reused assets these reused maps but because they had they could use a hard drive they were able to add new content in, like new helmets and things like that um as well as uh, new maps like i said there's like three or four maps from that game that were added in the late phases of the of the uh servers and and it's seemingly that stuff doesn't really exist on a disc anywhere at all anymore 
One thing that I think that I think is really interesting about it is that uh, Dirge of Cerberus has like a lot of the story related to this group called Deep Ground or something like that, and the whole whole multiplayer is basically based around that Deep Ground concept, um, and you as a player, it's basically like a a, a group of uh, g- I guess genetically modified su- soldiers who are. Um, kind of related to that world in some way. It's honestly been a very long time since I've played Dirge of Res, so I don't really remember the full extent of Deep Ground and, and what role they play. Um, but they're kind of kind of a shady organization, essentially, and I believe they're kind of the antagonistic group when you're, when you're playing as Vincent Valentine in the main game. Um, and so what you get because of that is, since you're playing as these like Deep Ground soldiers at, in the multiplayer, um, in the lobby system, it seems like a very almost like Freedom Wars ish style of of lobby where it's like very oppressive. <laughs> um, there's like a lot of scientists who are around, and they're just like, "Oh, uh, I'm going to experiment on you." And there's like a whole scene where where it's like a convenient excuse for you to to view this cutscene that your soldier would never you know be anywhere close to viewing. But like you basically get your brain experimented on, so you're able to like transfer your thoughts to another corpse essentially. Or like transfer your conscience to that corpse and like listen in to a conversation that you normally wouldn't be be involved in and then you like teleport it back and like ah congratulations you didn't go crazy from our experiment kind of thing and there's this dude that like gets his brain cut in half and shoved into a moogle doll and then also like a giant android and because he was like (laughs) he was like sick before they did it and so like while he was sick he was like constantly throwing up in the dialogue and stuff it sounds like and then so the robot was just making like throwing up noises as well as the moogle doll (laughs) i don't know if it was like actual throwing up noises so much as maybe just the text that was put on screen just like kind of thing um to kind of imply that this dude was just you know had his brains cut in half essentially and, and put in these other things and then there's also like this this um officer who's like from the beginning of the game that they kind of work out it sounds like where they just like replace him suddenly because because he essentially went crazy from from something happened it's just it's just not not supposed to be a very pleasant place to be it sounds like um and i would say like the lobby is very if you listen to like the lobby music in the game it is very um very dour in a way that's just not it's not like fantasy star online where it's like a very happy like bam, 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 boom kind of lobby music you know it's very uh very like oh this place is dark and stormy and and there's scientists and soldiers everywhere kind of thing one thing that did survive um from from the online era uh that Square Enix did eventually kind of rework was in the there's like a 2008 re-release of Dirge of Cerberus in Japan called International Version which is essentially based off the US version it sounds like um and it actually reincludes a lot of the um, the main cutscenes from the online mode uh, in the event viewer. So you can actually go back and 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 if you're playing that version of the game specifically, uh, I guess you can unlock those events to to view in in that version of Dirge of Cerberus. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the other like smaller cutscenes and more like flavor text dialogue and things like that, or the individual interactions you have with characters when they're not just like in the the more traditional cutscenes is 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 largely lost there are there is like one recording which i kind of like this where uh it was a more in-world 
world cutscene, uh, but it did have voice acting, and it's basically you talking to to this lady, and <laughs> and because the the whole cutscene still rendered in the real world, you could see the other person that's in the world like walking around in the cutscene. It's just like a dude playing the game, and he, like he walks right into the camera and is like kind of rotating around, just looking around. <laughs> it looks pretty great. I like that little stuff kind of a lot where it's just like, oh, this just looks really goofy when it's like a very serious subject that's going on. And speaking speaking of that lady and the, the cutscene, I think her name's like Argentum or something like that or or something along those lines. It's weird. They they actually did a lot of like replacing of character models throughout the game. So so early on, like a lot of the characters just kind of look like these generic soldiers with different uniform designs uh, and, and they... They all have masks on for the most part, and you can't really tell like what they look like. And eventually, they started introducing like new character models. Um, they started adding voice acting to characters who previously didn't have voice acting. It wasn't just like a oh, just voice acting for these new scenes. They're like retroactively adding new voice acting to previous scenes and things like that. And it was just a, a weird way to see a. a, a a game tackle that kind of stuff. I feel like these days, if if you have something that's like added, um, it's typically only forward facing. But in that case, they're like they were like looking back on previous cutscenes and and reworking them in a lot of ways. And it's kind of silly because because then in the case when they reworked the cutscene, you could rewatch them and and see them with the new voice acting and everything. But they made you earn it <laughs> um, in missions. There's these like little capsules you have to shoot, and so like it wasn't just enough to watch the cutscene. You had to go into missions and shoot these little capsules in the background um, to, to essentially unlock the ability to watch those cutscenes again. It, it's made me very tempted to um, uh, import uh, maybe possibly two copies of Dirge of Cerberus um, because uh, the original Dirge of Cerberus um, actually has a couple of differences in how the character movement is. Um, and, and that would be more reflective, I think, of how the online character movement would be. Um, cause when they, when they brought it over to the U.S., they actually added in some, uh, some more, more, I guess you would say like things that would make the movement feel a little better. Like uh, the, instead of a roll, it's like a very quick dash and then, uh, you can double jump, even though it kind of causes its own problems. Cause when you can double jump, uh, they didn't really account for that super well in the game. So there's like a lot of invisible walls that you can't really like jump over, even though you have like additional jump height. Um, if you look at some of the footage of the multiplayer, um, <laughs> you can tell that the double jump probably should have been in there in the first place. Cause a lot of times characters are trying to like jump onto things and they're like, just not making it up until like they just, get the jump just right they they probably should have increased the height of the jump more than like created a, a completely separate double jump and it sounds like they they basically kind of reworked the camera to make it um more conducive to to, to how you're moving it around and then i'm like also like well i want to also you know play through the 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 other version of the game and like unlock those cutscenes, uh the the multiplayer cutscenes. um and i i honestly like it's been a long time since i've played dirt to cerberus i i was probably 15 when that game came out i guess it was 16 2006 might have been when it came out and i really liked it at the time and i think the biggest reason i liked it was um yeah, I had played a lot of shooters up until that point, but melee kind of elements weren't really added into those at all. I can't think of any shooters I played where melee played a role. Um, and I would say Dirge of Cerberus doesn't have a extensive melee system or anything. It's not like a Red Steel 2 where you where you have a mix of melee and shooting. Um, um, but it was probably the first time I had seen a game try to in incorporate those, those two things. I'm sure it existed beforehand, so don't 
don't think I'm saying it's the first time it ever happened, but it's the first time I probably played a more traditional third person shooter where, where having melee attacks was, was a, a fairly important thing. And you could kind of like melee people and kick them in the air and then like shoot them while they're in the air. And just like the, the gun customization stuff too, was always like very, um, something I, I liked a lot at the time. And I think I would probably get more out of that gun customization stuff. Now. I think at the time I was very focused on just like high damage power and things like that. So, uh, having more variety in the weapon stuff today would be would pretty pretty ni- pretty neat. I'd like to, I'd like to go back and, and see if I still like it. It's from an era like I'd say between like 2003 and or well really any time between like 2018. I feel like I wasn't thinking very hard about games, so it really was just kind of like oh do I like this? Do I not like this? And a lot of what I've tried to figure out about those games back then has been a lot of just like trying to pull as much as I can from memory of what I liked about them, and I can't necessarily say exactly why i like a lot of the Red- resident evil games like the all of the resident evil games i i know i liked them at the time but i don't remember why i liked them um i don't have a great long-term memory i feel like unfortunately um and you know I, i'm not gonna sit here and say dirt of servers is an amazing game um you know i remember at the time even then it was getting pretty panned pretty hard in reviews um but it's probably up my alley of just like (laughs) weird final fantasy spinoff things that that i'm interested in and i'm always curious about things that don't exist anymore i think i think a big part of the reason why i'm interested in the the dirt server as multiplayer is because it essentially doesn't exist anymore uh in the same way that like final fantasy 14 1.23 doesn't exist anymore and like yeah, certain older versions of Final Fantasy XI. There are some Final Fantasy XI servers out there that are privately owned um, that have um, uh, a specific content release they go to, um, but but even then, you know, the you're never going to get back to specific versions and releases of Final Fantasy XI that don't exist anymore. Uh, and even if you could, like the player base just isn't there in the same way that it could have been at the time. So, so there are people that are trying to, to try to get what they can of this multiplayer mode out of the discs. Um, you know, the, the, uh, 2008, um, uh, Japanese release is the the furthest release as far as as that has come out. Um, but there's also the uh, European and the U.S. release at that time that that had more of the multiplayer elements kind of stuck into the game for because of the extra missions that they added in. Um, so it seems like there is some kind of data mining and stuff happening around that that space at the moment. Um, there's there's a person in particular I wanna I wanna point out. They have a YouTube channel where they have a lot of um a lot of uh content related to this game it's a shed dimp i guess you'd pronounce it um and he's been doing some like data mining stuff out of final fantasy 7 i also saw uh i don't know the name for this one but there was somebody who was trying to get the character creator or maybe not the character creator working again but being able to pull in the the uh character creator assets into the main game and and make you know a character model you can run around with but it sounds like he he started working on trying to get that working and then probably about two or three years ago may have given up or did not document more of what he did at the very least um it's kind of sad that they didn't bring that character creation stuff into the um into the the main game but i i can understand at the time i mean it, it probably 
did it make a lot of sense to do that since they weren't localizing the multiplayer cutscenes for the US release, especially because at the time, I'm guessing the multiplayer cutscenes weren't even done. The US release of Dirge of Cerberus was August, which was a full month before the uh, servers went down. Um, so they probably couldn't like sit there and be like, oh, well, let's make these extra missions based around the deep ground story and just have all these cutscenes done because they were still, you know, making that stuff for the multiplayer. It wasn't actively dead yet. Um, and then when they brought it over to the, you know, Japanese release there, it was based off the U.S. version, which, you know, that's why you don't have those extra maps uh, in those in the discs. As far as people can tell, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, maybe it it. it somebody will find you know some data on the disc somewhere about this level but but you know it's it takes a lot of time to do the data mining stuff i i definitely know that from from what little work i did on final fantasy 11 data mining um but it's it seems like there's been progress in recent years i mean it seems like as as of a couple months ago at least shadimp um was was uploading new stuff um, so hopefully that's something that continues. Um, I would love to see, you know, a point where we could uh, have at the very least, you know, be able to create the characters again from that multiplayer mode, like the, uh, the individual, uh, assets. Um, yeah, any of that stuff is always going to be good for me. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I guess the, really the, the the thing that fascinates me most is, is it seemed like it have a very uh, community focus to it in a way that I feel like a lot of the shooters at the time, at the very least, did not have. Uh, you know, it looks like a weird mishmash of a Fantasy Star Online, Final Fantasy Eleven, and 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 Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, this, you know, it's a, it's a weird mix of things. And I think that's really cool. That's a weird mix of things. Um, unfortunately, you know, the hard drive requirement would have limited the ability it had to make any kind of impact here. And then, um, you know, I'm going to guess in 2006, you know, there weren't a lot of people playing online shooters on the PlayStation two. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like online, uh, online shooters really didn't get big until, uh, you know, call of duty on on or get big on consoles until call of duty on the next uh platforms i mean halo 2 had its own thing but even that was kind of happening simultaneously alongside alongside what was happening with dirge of cerberus so um if you go to the livestream.net again there's there's a ton of content there a ton of gameplay it, a lot of it's pretty bad quality unfortunately but you know it's what we've got left of that game uh so it's all we can hold on to at this point um anyways well thanks for listening to me ramble about my garbage <laughs> my garbage interest in this game i spent probably like five or six hours reading about it over this weekend and and it probably was a huge waste of time but but it's interesting i i love this kind of stuff um and it you know it's it is a, a good warning side for the future too of just like you know how how this stuff can be lost you know we essentially are missing a good portion of this game that 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 you know maybe wasn't the most popular game ever but it's a part of the final fantasy 7 brand and and has its own lore and everything mixed in with it that that's just kind of lost um but who knows uh i think it was a few months ago that uh nomura was saying that he wanted to uh, bring in some of that old Final Fantasy Extended Universe Seven, Final Fantasy Seven Extended Universe stuff, 
um, when the the remake comes out. So so maybe we'll see a revival of <laughs> Dirge Surfer as multiplayer in some form. I'm sure we absolutely will not, but man, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, um, I I don't think the world loves Dirge Cerberus enough for for there to be anything other than maybe they do the whole Kingdom Hearts thing where they just like re-release uh, all the cutscenes re-rendered or or maybe at at most, you know, make a a a PlayStation Network re- release of Dirge of Cerberus. All that w- that would be nice running in HD, you know, be sealed the, re- the original game, but but as far as um, you know, what we have to work with, I'm going to guess it's probably just going to be whatever's on those discs for Dirge of Cerberus and what people can find on them. Um, uh, it looks like the internet has been scoured pretty pretty well for a lot of this content. Um, the, uh, the livestream.net does a amazing job archiving that stuff. Um, and hopefully that site, you know, doesn't go away anytime soon. I'd love for the, some of the stuff to end up on like the cutting room floor or something like that, but, uh, I don't know if it'd be super appropriate for there either. And who knows, maybe someday we'll find a hard drive that has some Turge Cerberus information on it, but good luck on that. I doubt it. <laughs> so, so that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Um, uh, mighty number nine video at the end of this month. Get ready to be, uh, I guess, I don't know if surprised is probably, it's not really surprised. I mean, it's just my, I have a very positive opinion of Mighty Number no. 9 in a way that I think most people don't. I don't know if that's a surprise per se if you know who I am, but, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I don't know. And hopefully you can listen. Hopefully if you don't like Mighty Number no. 9, I can at least show you my perspective on, on what I think is so great about that game. Um, and then uh, later this week, we're going to do more spy fiction. I really haven't figured out what we're going to do at the end of the stream this week. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do some like Zelda DLC or something like that. I'm not really sure. I might have to figure out on the go. It's been kind of a rough week because of work. <laughs> um, so so we'll see what I can get set aside and figure it out before we stream. Otherwise, it's just going to be like a hot mess. Or we just play spy fiction for two and a half hours is, is what what really will end up happening. Um, and then an Alienation quick play stream goes up on Tuesday? Tuesday or Wednesday this week. I don't remember the exact day. I apologize. Um, and then hopefully hopefully we'll have Vink on, uh, on next week. We'll see how it goes, though. Um, otherwise, I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. <laughs>